0: Gary Strysky is exactly the kind of star that you want—down to earth, super approachable. But last night, he got served a Titanic-sized piece of humble pie. Can't wait to pay that story off at the end as we say hello. Hi.
1: Take your time on that one, Al. Really, I'm in no rush.
0: From the L. Duncan show featuring the aforementioned, now humbled Gary Streisky. The thing is, is that we have all worked with people, not just in television. I don't want to just target our industry. We've uh-huh. all, in the indie industry, worked with people whose ego is, you know, that Kanye West and Beyonce song, that's their theme song. Got a big ego. Like, they wear it on their sleeve and they love it. They call it confidence, whatever it is. And sometimes you just maybe actively root for these kinds of people to Mm -hmm. be served the dose of pie that you were served yesterday at at the Connecticut Children's Gala of all galas. And we're going to talk about that after we get to the sports thing, because we're a serious sports show, Gary. And nobody has time for this. Nobody has time for this chit chat about what happened to you that had me laughing so hard. That I couldn't take a picture. There was a line of people at the step and repeat trying to take a picture.
1: Yeah. Trying to show that yeah. they were
0: there. And I was too busy crying because of what happened. So that's
1: the tease. Yeah. I had to leave. I had to leave the event early because of said said event.
0: Hope it was worth it. Um, I was eating a little pre sports center dinner, if you would, on Friday night, Gary, coming to you live from Athens, Georgia. Ho ho go doll.
1: That's right. That's right.
0: When the news that we've been anticipating for weeks finally came down, we had a result. We had a we had a punishment in the Michigan sign stealing scandal. Yep, we talked about it on the podcast. I said at the time, within the month, Shh. what? She's wrong. Days, Jim Harbaugh, head coach, suspended three games, which is essentially the rest of the regular season. You know what the problem is? It's Veterans Day. That's not the problem. We love the military. Thank you for your service. The problem is, it's a holiday weekend and there are no judges. And so this restraining order that Michigan filed in order to stop this from happening, at least kick it, kick it down the road, kick the can down the road, could not happen because they couldn't get a judge to sign it. And because of that, here's Harbaugh getting off the plane in Happy Valley, getting ready for a huge matchup with Penn State. And what happens, Gary? The brass meet him there, and they're like, yo, you're going to have to do this one from the hotel, sir. And nonetheless, Gary, what does Michigan do?
1: Stomp out Penn State. Their first ranked matchup of the year, and um, in true Penn State fashion, in true Coach Franklin fashion, he was not ready for uh, the big game. He wasn't ready for the big one, while Michigan was. they. Harbaugh could have stayed in Ann Arbor, really. I mean, he could have preemptively just been like, Y'all good without me. Yeah. You guys you guys will be straight without me. Matter of fact, KJ McCarthy, our quarterback, he's gonna complete seven passes. All right, he'll complete seven passes in this game and we'll still win by double digits. Michigan proved the point, I think.
0: What do you think the point was that they proved? Because here's my thing. Like, I don't think anybody thought that they were gonna be in doubt. In this particular game, they did have, I guess it's the benefit if you're a positive person in hindsight being 2020, they had the benefit of having him suspended the first four games of this season. So they didn't have him in the same situation, which is essentially he can be at practices, he just can't be. In the facilities or near the team on game days, which is a huge difference, by the way, than being banned from the facility for those three weeks. Right. He can still implement his game plan. He can still be with his team. He just can't be on the field, Um, at least per this current suspension as it stands. They have filed that restraining order. We wait to see what happens with it. Um, But but the idea that he could potentially not be there for that Ohio State game, the game, you know, one of the most, for sure, in the regular season, the most impactful, you know, playoff game. And that's, I think, the concern and the problem too, Gary, is, and I said this before I sort of put the pieces together, and by pieces I mean listen to Pete Thamel tell me this, um, about the holiday and the idea that they would not be able uh, to get anything done or to intervene before this weekend. But I thought to myself, if you're Michigan and you kick this can down the road, does this suspension potentially come in the postseason, and isn't that worse? Do you maybe Oof. try and right and like do you do you try and hedge your bet or figure out how you can scheme enough to say? We think we're good enough. Maybe this showed us that we're good enough even without Harbaugh. And they are. I mean, Michigan is some dogs. I said that on this podcast, Gary. This whole sign stealing thing, listen, they cheated and I get it. But to, to think that Connor Stallions is somehow the only reason that they were able to turn this program around instead of the hard work that those kids put in, they feel incredibly slighted. And you could tell by that. They didn't even make a single pass in the second half of that game. They just absolutely dominated them. But what would you do if you were Michigan? Would you say, let's just take the suspension or do we put it on the big 10 to say this is just a regular season infraction right like maybe it rolls over into next year and you're suspended or do you think that they would actually try should Michigan make it to the big 10 championship or make it to the playoffs if they push this thing down the road do you think that that could be on the table and if so (laughs) that's
1: horrifying I think Michigan would threaten defection at that point if the conference was going to threaten any postseason penalties. And there's a couple points here. I don't. We can't dismiss Connor Stallion's role in all of this. Connor Stallions was effect. Well, well, you were saying, ah, yeah, you he provided some sign, some signs, and you know, some schemes. Connor Stallions was effectively the trash can. For the Houston Astros without that trash can, they don't know what pitch is coming. So he is what that trash can was to the Houston Astros. He is that, was that for the Michigan Wolverines. And I don't think that we can just breathe by that fact. You brought up a good point, though. Michigan has ran this fire drill before without Jim Harbaugh with the self-imposed penalty for the first handful of games this season. I guess what I was trying to say with they proved the point is like they're good. Like they're they're a good football team, and not only that. I think what steals the headline huh, steals the headline. What steals the headlines with this Michigan um, penalty, and we, we briefly touched on it, was that yes, it's a it's a game penalty. He can't be on the sidelines in the studios studio in the stadium on Saturdays. He's there all practice. He can implement the game plan, coordinate the personnel up until they get on the bus, or up until. They get to the stadium. He's implementing everything, and then he, he just has his assistants who are just in love with him run his plays. And I think Michigan getting ahead of this on Veterans Day weekend, I think it's just a matter of you want to make sure you get the check postmarked in the mail so you can't be the ones that they come back and say, well, you didn't, you didn't come back and, and, and retort in time. They're like, no, 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 no. We know that you guys came down with that penalty, but we got our check in the mail. Y'all better handle this expeditiously.
0: I can't imagine that the Big Ten would bite themselves that hard, like in the in the postseason. I don't I don't foresee that this would spill over into the postseason in any way. Uh, that's but a revenue back, share. But but to go back, correct, and it would, yeah, it's it like absolutely hurts the conference, and I don't see that happening at all. It's cannibalism, but. Um to go back to your Astros point, you're right and they cheated and the the tough part with cheating especially in sport, right? It's the same thing with your beloved Patriots and Spygate is that we'll never know if they could have been that good and just won without it, right? And I think that at least the Astros hindsight again being 2020 were able a couple of years later to prove with largely the same team that they didn't have to cheat to win a World Series and they, you know, ultimately end up doing that. Um against the Phillies, but I go what yeah, so you're raising your finger.
1: Well, I was just gonna say on the flip side of that, Connor Stallions, that track record went back about two seasons. The only two seasons Jim Harbaugh has beat Ohio State. <laughs> like, I mean, the timeline with that matches up, unlike the timeline with the Astros. Cause listen, the Astros, they got talent. In Michigan, it's it's turnover. It's turnover. It's turnover. The Astros have been the Astros for The better sake of that core, I know they lost Correa, they lost Springer, but Altuve uh, has been there. So the timeline for the Michigan thing actually raises more red flags to me because Harbaugh, every single season, he was winning nine games. He was winning close to 10 games. The one game he wasn't winning was the game that you get paid to be the head coach of the Michigan Wolverines to win. All of a sudden, he rattles off two straight wins. And that's about the time the Connor Stallions spying thing dates back to? Come on. Come on, L.
0: Yeah. I mean, listen, I'm not, I am not saying they didn't cheat. They, they clearly cheated. They clearly cheated, right? I'm just saying that the difficult part is knowing that you still do have to, I just think with Michigan, this team, and and we're sort of seeing that on Twitter with all of them when this news came down, you know, they all decided to start tweeting bet. And then it's just this whole string of Michiganders tweeting bet, <laughs> right? You know, and like, if you're <laughs> listening and you're confused, then this is probably not the podcast for you. But bet, of course, means I feel like such an old lady explaining what bet means. Bet's like, oh, OK, you're going to spin our coach bet.
1: Bet. I just thought they were excited about the announcement of ESPN bet.
0: Well, so here's the thing. (laughs) Yeah, here's the thing is that same. Also, what happened in my mind when Tom Brady decided, who does not, you know, in fact, play for Michigan anymore and hasn't for about 22 years. He also tweeted bet. And I thought maybe he thinks they were saying something like BET. Like maybe he thought this was one of those um, black square moments where we were galvanizing Uh, around the black community. And he was like, yeah, you know what? BET for me, too.
1: I'm not missing this one. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, I like it. I like BET uncut. You know what I mean?
1: I used to watch hey, that tip
0: drill video from Nelly.
1: 106 in part. Okay. That that was when I got introduced to Jin, the first and only Chinese rapper to get signed with Rough Riders. So don't get me started on BET. Okay. And Comic View, Bruce Bruce. Oh yeah. On, Bruce Bruce? Yeah. Yo, young Gary, young Kim Poppy was locked in. To BET yeah. as a middle high schooler, so that not,
0: that's not surprising at all to me.
1: Should We've talked be.
0: about this. Young Gary, even though Gary now sort of looks like like a Hollister model, young Gary was for sure decked out in like a Nietzsche. Like he was eyeing that Fubu. Like, can I? I know this. It's, <laughs> it's like for
1: for us, but am I? But am I am.
0: I, I'm a person of color. <laughs>
1: so. Okay, L So here's the thing. I think I've told you this story. I wanted a FUBU jersey so bad in middle school, but I was, uh, outfitted by anything that was sold in the PX. So if PX didn't sell it, I wasn't going to get it. And back in the day, PX has some threads. I mean, your boy was What's you a PX?
0: like, what would be, what, what would it be comparable to?
1: Oh, oh, the post exchange, which is like the military based clothing. So it's the commissary and it's the PX. And then you have the and then you have the bx which is the base exchange so it's just it's just for military families um so when you're living on base you know you can't go off base and you can't go to a mall you can't go to target you can't go to you know gapple navy wherever you, people shop uh so it's just this one store tax-free that uh you know they, they have a little jewelry department they got a little shoe department they got a little electronics and then they sell clothes so because it's tax-free and it's generally pretty good pricing That's where I got all of my clothes growing up because of course my dad was retired from the army. Uh, but the PX never sold FUBU. Otherwise I was, I was this close to getting a FUBU Jersey, but your boy had Tommy Hilfiger. Oh, for sure. Your boy was in Nautica. Mm -hmm. And that's about, and that's, and that's about it. (laughs) Hey, yo, but they, they did have some Nikes there though. I remember getting the, uh, the, uh, the Damon Stoudemire Nikes. I was pretty dripped up in middle school given my circumstances in terms of like i could only shop in one store <laughs> that's it
0: military drip i like that okay we we learned something new i didn't know where you you military brats shopped but now the i change go, going down in the px it's going 100%. down
1: and the yeah. i guarantee you our listeners are like Oh, Gary gets down with the PX. Watch, they're, they're, they'll they be in the comments.
0: <laughs> they'll be loving it. Um, I'm sure they'll be in the comments too about about Michigan. Everybody's really split on this. Desmond Howard, our colleague, obviously quite passionate about it. But all I, I say this to say, and then we can move on. I do think in similarity to the Trash throws, if they don't have their coach for this Ohio State game and they still beat Ohio State would you let me ask you this because you are firmly of the they cheated you've taken a hard line stance here yeah would you feel like they would have vindication if they could beat Ohio State without Jim Harbaugh Uh,
1: it it doesn't it doesn't again it doesn't do much for me we know they're a good football team they have good weapons they have good skill players they have a staunch defense Mm -hmm. and Jim Harbaugh gets to be with them six days out of that seven day week, it it does nothing to me in terms of if they beat Ohio State without Jim Harbaugh on that sideline for that sixty minutes because he's with them the rest of the week. <laughs> it It does nothing it does nothing to me
0: it's listen, Desmond Howard, the aforementioned, our Michigan guy, says coaches get paid for what they do on Saturdays, and it's not no small thing that he's not going to be there. But we'll certainly see uh, as it plays out. And again, They could end up reducing this. Maybe it'll be a two game suspension and then magically he'll be back. But I think you want that. Like if you're Ohio State, I've talked to many Ohio State fans and they want Michigan at their full complement. They don't want any reason for an asterisk. They don't want any reason for Michigan to cry poor. They want them with Harbaugh because they want to beat them. And uh, and so it'll be interesting to see if we'll get that because that's what we were looking for.
1: I bet you Ryan Day don't want that. Ryan Day ain't been able to beat those Michigan Wolverines. He's like, yo, Harbaugh, stay f- home.
0: All right, should we talk a little NFL? Let's do that. Okay, week 10 in the NFL? We are in
1: week 10, one week behind college football. Yeah, by the time you, we both you say get on that the same every page, week. See, Yeah. And then by the time we get on the same page, season's going to be done.
0: Gary, you say that every week, but the problem is, is that I don't know what week it is in college football most of the time either. I don't know what day it is. I don't know much. My head's a little bit spinny right now, so I guessed at 10, and I was correct. Thank you. You crushed it. And of course, we start this look at the NFL the same way that we always do with a little too-long-didn't-watch, which is us going through just the clippables, the highlights, the best of the best from the NFL so far this week, and deliver it to you in a very brief and digestible way. Gary, you start go.
1: Let's get it. Josh Dobbs leads the Vikings to another win. He's now been on the team long enough to realize oh, that's not Randy Moss I'm throwing to. It's TJ Hawkinson. 11 catches, 134 yards, and a touchdown. The Pastronaut wins again.
0: To add on to Josh Dobbs, first player in NFL history to record 400 passing yards and 100 rushing yards and no interceptions, and in a player's first two games with a team, even Better, Gary. Great punnable name, and I'm not joshing ya. I just want my roly, roly, roly with a dab of ranch.
1: If the Patriot Minutemen militia, who fought in the Revolutionary War, were as inaccurate shooting as modern-day Patriot Mac Jones is at throwing, we'd be using the metric system and would be calling French fries chips. Jones was benched again in a 10-6 loss to Indy.
0: Of his benching, Mac Jones said, it's peaks and valleys. I'm kind of in a valley right now. A valley? A valley is how you would describe what you're doing? That's like saying a six-foot hole with a casket in it is just, you know, a bunker from life.
1: A better won $5.5 million on a four-leg parlay that hit for the Texans in their win over the Bengals he bet 500,000 to win which tells me this guy has three legs himself for having the balls and cash to do that. Texans win 30 to 27. They're 5 and 4, L.
0: Yeah, I listen. Who knew? Who knew? I love it. CJ Stroud doing his thing. You know who didn't know? The Panthers.
1: Come on. It's yeah, they're down terrible right now.
0: They're down bad, man. They're down bad. They're down terrible. All right. Let's do a segment that I just literally fabricated and made up minutes ago. And I want to call it small details, which is to say they're not beefy stories. They're more headliners. Um, But we had a lot of them this week, starting with America's Favorite Couple. The Chiefs are on a bye week. That's not going to stop you from getting this. Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey content. She's performing in Argentina. He flies there.
1: Yeah.
0: Doesn't go to her concert the first night, the second night, bad weather. She has to cancel.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Then she goes the third night, I guess the third night. Sure. And there he is standing at the side of the stage. And Mm -hmm. she changed the lyrics to her songs. Karma is the guy on the cheese coming straight home to me. I don't sound like Taylor Swift, but you get the point. And then at the end of her concert, what do we get? She runs off stage into his arms. They hug, they kiss. Taylor's dad was there hanging out with Travis. You know, Taylor's been hanging with his mom in the suites. This is all moving very fast. And I I love it here. I do. I'm happy for them.
1: I am. Chiefs were on a bye week. But Travis Kelsey still putting those hands to work. You know what I'm saying? Securing Taylor after the show. And you call them America's favorite couple, L. We're gonna have to change South America. They are going international. Yeah, it's true. And I know people are sick of hearing the storylines and it's small details. So we're only going to stay on it for a brief moment of time. The only detail I want to point out is like you're not flying thirteen hours to go see like a casual. Like this is the real deal, Holyfield. All right.
0: Well, first Th- of all, thirteen he- hours. Well, him flying 13 hours is very different than you flying 13 hours. He's true, doing true, it on the Gulf yeah. Stream. Yeah, he true, went straight, right. right? Like, he did, he valeted right. his car and got on his plane. Like, it's very different. Also, I don't think anybody does think that this is casual. I think everybody has gotten over the last three months, everybody being me included, too. Listen, however hazy I thought the beginning of it was, it appears that they're very into each other. And, you know, the idea that... It, I can understand sort of both sides of people going, maybe even Taylor and Travis would like for you to keep it more on the football when it's at the football, right? Kelly Clarkson's getting killed and had to like, you know, levy a formal apology and stuff like that. Ah, Kelly Clarkson. She's better than me, something I would never have done. Um, But I, you know, I, I think that in general, people can sort of say, okay, This is a lot about this couple, but I think that that should probably tell you how big a deal Travis Kelsey is, too. Those arguments a few months ago, you know, women trying to, like, rile up their dudes by being like, Taylor Swift put Travis Kelsey on the map. No, 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 no. He was a huge personality in the sports world, and so he's sort of our taylor swift if you will <laughs> culturally he was everywhere and um and i just think it speaks to how dynamic the relationship is so good for them i love
1: it speaking... be interesting to see if she pulls up to arrowhead for monday night football november let's 20th let's
0: see monday Night football right here on espn it's um, an
1: off day between brazil shows
0: speaking of a power couple how about a power thruple that Ooh, would be what That would be the New York Giants starting quarterback from Sunday, Tommy DeVito, and his parents, because he still lives with them about 12 minutes away from East Rutherford. He's a Jersey guy. He plays for his hometown Giants, and he says that he loves it because he doesn't need to worry about laundry, what's for dinner. He says every time he comes home, there's a chicken cutlet waiting for him. And then he added that his mom even makes his bed. And that's when I was like, This is getting incredibly creepy and weird. Like, I know we want to act like it's endearing, but your mom making your bed when you're a 25-year-old man is just not okay.
1: L, you are talking to a guy who lived at home until I was 24, 25, and if I had my way, I would have been there 27, 28.
0: I'm totally with staying home forever. Honestly, I was the opposite. I was like, get me out of here. Even though my parents are amazing. I never had like, it's like that, like I come from like a super strict background. I bought my first house at 20 years old. It was so stupid. I'm a big fan. Collect your check, stay home, do all of that. But make your effing bed because you're a grown man. And that's weird. Like, I don't care how busy you are. You have enough time to make your bed, especially when you focusing on football resulted in like 42 yards in the first half of that game. And I think 86 yards total. So if you have nothing else to do, but focus on football and that's the best that you could do. And I get it. He's a rookie. I'm not trying to pile on, but like dude, make your bed.
1: Well, um, let me just, Defend his position, I think that if the New York Giants offensive linemen had mothers who were making their beds, they would have a little (laughs) bit more time studying some damn tape, maybe getting in the weight room a little more because they got dominated last night against the Cowboys. So, DeVito, keep letting your mama make your bed. It's their love language. Invite me over for a chicken cutlet. I wish I could move back in with my parents. I'm 36.
0: Anytime I think of a grown man living with his family, I just think of the famous John Clayton, rest in peace, King. Let's go back for a small brief moment here to uh, Mac Jones getting benched for a second time this year. And not only does he get benched, he got benched in a game that wasn't blown out by any stretch of the imagination. In fact, the Patriots had a chance to go down and win. He gets pulled with a minute 30-something, and they were only down by four. And they go with Bailey Zappi, and just like that, he Zappied his way to an interception, and that was it, and sealed the deal. And, of course, Bill Belichick is being incredibly non-committal. But what does it say that you said – all he said was was, I thought it was time for a change. What does it say that you literally were like, I don't even care if we have an opportunity to win this game – I am still not going to let this man take one more single snap for me. Is this the end of the Mac Jones era? And can we call it that in New England?
1: This is such uncharted territory for a Bill Belichick-ran team. I struggle to find like a description of what this is supposed to be. Mac Jones has been so bad and he regressed so substantially. But then again, you have to look at like what wasn't done for him and around him in the off season, like bringing in a veteran, aging Zeke, letting your best wide receiver sign with the Raiders for seemingly nothing, but instead deciding to pay Juju Smith-Schuster, like these decisions surrounding Mac Jones haven't done anything to help the argument that it's all Mac Jones's fault, Sure, which of course it is. The, The blame does lie in your first round quarterback. Patriots never used their first round pick on anybody, it's just, it's so bad. And if Bill Belichick wasn't the GM of this team, we would also be talking about is Bill Belichick going to fire himself? <laughs> Cause it's, it's so bad. Like they're going to, he's going to have a conversation with Robert Kraft, like at the end of the season. And it's going to be one of those, like he's decided to step away situation. Cause you're not going to fire the guy after bringing seven uh, super, six Super Bowls to new England. But oh, this is, it's like so bad to watch and sports talk radio in Boston loves it because they have a field day with this. Stuff.
0: Oh, of course. Yeah, no, they certainly are. And I think you're right. They they won't fire him. They'll let him, you know, ceremoniously walk away or say he's going to retire. I mean, he was smart a long time ago by saying, I don't want to be coaching in my seventies and he's already eclipsed that. But um, I think, you know, yeah, this is as bad as it's, as, as it's ever been. And I hear, or at least there's reports that, Robert Kraft, not that he doesn't always want to win every game, but that Robert Kraft like went to the team specifically and was like, it is imperative you all win this game. This is a game that you all need to win. And then they did not win this game. Um, And I'm just really interested to see what happens from here and where you go from here. And the idea that, again, New England is due for a rebuild, guys. And yes, we are shocked because for so long, it just felt like Bill Belichick would always find a way Of course, Tom Brady helped. But even afterwards, uh, there were some bright spots in that first season with Mac Jones here and there. It felt like there was something to build on. But to your point, the O-line is bad. He's got one of the worst receiving cores. No run game. Like, what do you expect? I mean, you know, in the Patriots, yet again, good defense, and they're sort of watching, and that's Belichick's area, and they're watching a good defense, a solid defense, you know, go to waste. But uh, interesting to see what happens there, and I got to tell you, I can't imagine there's a lot of sadness going around for Boston. By the way, I'm sorry, guys. Sorry, Patriots fans. Cry, don't cry for me, Argentina. The truth is, I never worked
1: with you. So, Tom Brady sent back being like, bet, bet. <laughs> bet, 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 bet.
0: Okay, listen. There is a term that everyone knows, but that we use in the biz called "failing up," and that is when, of course, you're so bad at your job. That particularly in the sports space, people just pay you to go away.
1: Oh, my gosh.
0: Right now. now. Let me be
1: a failed college football coach one time.
0: Yeah. Lord, I just want to be like Jimbo Fisher, crazy average at my job, but now walking away with a record $76 million buyout. That's right, friends. If you don't know, Jimbo Fisher is the head coach for Texas A&M for the Aggies. He is incredible. I encourage you um, sports-ish fans to just hop on the tube on YouTube, type in Jimbo Fisher, type in bro Bible, okay? And enjoy. He's got an incredible voice. He talks, basically, he talks like this. And uh, listening to him at press conferences has been the highlight of his tenure there. And that's the problem, (laughs) is that what he says on the press conference is markedly more interesting than anything happening on the field. But they're going to honor the rest of his deal, and it is going to cost the school $76 million, which is nearly triple the highest-known coaching contract buyout at a public school.
1: Just remarkable. He owes half that money to Jameis Winston. Uh, if if Jameis Winston doesn't win that national championship during their time at Florida State, he doesn't get paid this contract from A&M and of course, he doesn't have a Jameis Winston at AM. You're not going to be successful. True. It's just and reading some of the details in this contract, like there's no offset if he wants to go get another job. And you know, hey, this job's going to pay you forty million. So we'll pay you. We'll pay you thirty six. Yeah. This dude is clearing checks, free and clear. You would you would never see me again, L. I'm gone. Go on, take when the money direct, and run. Direct deposit hits. Yeah. I'm gone. Yeah,
0: well, we whatever we say, we need to be really nice because I uh, methinks we probably are going to have Jimbo Fisher as a colleague at some point.
1: That's actually a really good point. Damn, hey, uh, hey, oh, Christina, just be real careful editing this. <laughs> hey, oh, Jimbo, congratulations on that national championship, man! Without you, Jameis Winston does not win that national championship there. All right, at the Doke. All right. Without
0: without you, Jameis Winston can't keep bailing out the Saints uh, whenever the quarterback inevitably gets hurt.
1: Oh, man. And then you went and pulled the okie doke.
0: I looked at an article that said that in 2021, the Big Ten alone spent one hundred and fifty million dollars on just buyouts of coaches. I mean, that is the gig to get, man. That's the gig. Get you a coaching job because all you have to really do is have one it's like, um, you know, when you cram, like right before you go on a trip or something and you try to get your glow up on, you know, you're starving yourself. You're like begging for a six pack. You do really uncharacteristic, uncharacteristic things to get there. Then maybe you go and you meet someone, you know, and they're like, oh, man. And they got the best vacation glow up version this of you. Is,
1: this is them every. Yeah, this is this, this is happens, this right? whole time. Yeah.
0: Yes. So then what do they do? Right. This happens. I see this a lot
1: on 90 Day Fiance.
0: They fall in love and they're like, yo, you know what? Let's make this love happen. I'm going to sign you up, lock you up. You're beautiful. You're tan. This is great. We're having fun. We're, you know, making love in the sand, all that. Everything's wonderful. Then they sign the paperwork. Then they commit basically to life. And then the person comes and they're like, oh, this is you in real life. You are not this way. You have horrible credit. You really are not that interesting. And I. I guess we never really did cover if you had a career or goals or anything. Oh, you don't mm-hmm. have that either. Oops. Imagine, right? Except for in this case, the fiance gets to go back with 78 million dollars.
1: I mean, I just feel like that was so in detail. I just need to know like, was that like a lived? Was that like a lived experience? Or? I told you
0: I watch a lot of 90-day fiance. I, I consume a lot of trash television. And so that's where mm. that came from. Solely be
1: pretty 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 audacious, right? To be going to a school in the Big Ten. Let's say taking taking an economy class, um, an economics class, and them having the audacity to like fail you. And you're like, oh, really? Because yeah. have you paid attention to this institution's money management? And you yeah. have the audacity to fail me at my make-believe money management? Yeah. Ha! The gall. <laughs> The unmitigated gall.
0: (laughs) Speaking of gall, that is exactly, as we wrap up, small, what's the name of this segment again? Small Details.
1: details. Yep, yep.
0: The gall, as we wrap up small details, of NC State. Women's basketball is a weekend, and we have already had number one LSU go down. We've had South Carolina have back-to-back games of hitting the century mark. They lost all their starters. Why are you so good? It's insane. But then we had on Sunday, UConn, number two UConn, lose in Raleigh at unranked NC State. They aren't ranked. NC State hadn't beat UConn since 1998. UConn. Hadn't lost one of their first two games of the season since 2013. I mean, and they lost by 10 points. This was unbelievable. And here's the worst part for UConn, Gary, is it's not like they had a horrible game. Listen, are they going to bounce back and be fine? Yes. But a lot of times when you see these sort of David versus Goliath, if you will, at least ranking wise, it's because the, the favored team just had an abysmal day, right? They turned the ball over a lot or they lost someone to energy to injury or something just cataclysmic happened. That was not the case in this one. I mean, Sanaya Rivers for NC state was incredible, had a career high 33 points. She said she wanted to have a standout game, a breakout game. And she had it on ABC in front of the whole nation and she was absolutely fantastic. And Yukon loses on the road.
1: Yeah. I don't like when these games happen so early in the season in terms of like your blue chips, taking a loss because I like the idea That when the groundswell of attention starts going towards college basketball in the wintertime, admittedly, that's when I pick things up a little bit more heavily. I love having a team that's undefeated, that's riding a 20 some on game win streak, that hasn't lost yet, that like all of a sudden has everybody watching them. And that is the Yukons of the world that was supposed to be LSU coming off of their national championship. They stumbled. Right out of the gate, so I think it takes a little bit of that polish off of these teams who we expect to be undefeated into like the new year ahead of the tournament. Um, I mean, we're we're obviously going to forget about these losses in like a month, month and a half, but I like the slow buildup to these undefeated teams.
0: Well, it also speaks to how hard it is to go undefeated. I mean, it is yeah, is why
1: you anymore credit.
0: You give so much credit to like a Don Staley in South Carolina. Um, they uh, roll over Maryland and they get their 43rd straight home win. Like that's unreal, dude. 43 straight anything is unbelievable. So congratulations to all of them. Great week. Uh, first week of women's basketball. If you're not watching, you need to. I mean, we're just getting really high level basketball. It's fantastic games. And I think you'll enjoy. So make sure that you're tuning in. All right. Before We go, we're going to pay off what we talked about your humbling moment.
1: Oh, hey, we don't have to. We, hey, it's the getting late.
0: wing that happens. So, we go, we are invited by Monica Nagandi, incredible woman. Shout
1: out, Monica.
0: Like you would know her because of her husband, Kevin Nagandi. He's my co-host on the 6 p.m. Sports Center. She's a rock star and she's in the communications um, for children's uh, Connecticut Children's Hospital, an amazing hospital that both of my kids have had to have treatment for. And anyway, she invites us the show your significant other, Abby Field Yates and some other luminaries from ESPN to come. And to give back to the kids and enjoy this amazing gallon. it really was just so fun. When we walked up, they were like, and you can go check in. And we turned the corner and there's a table that I would say is probably about 25 feet long. And there is at least 100 people at it. Like there's yep. three levels of people. It's like, oh my yeah. God, we, it was daunting. And so, and it's all of these like smiling, like teenagers and maybe like kids, they, they're they all teenagers. They're awesome. Um, They're so warm. I'll help you. And as we're standing there, you know, Gary gets spotted by this guy. And he's just like, I watch you every day on Snapchat, dude. Like, I can't believe this is happening, man. I'm such a fan. And Gary's like, you know, the humble guy, like, oh, I appreciate you. you. know, like he always is. He's so endearing and genuine and it's great. But maybe, maybe just gave him just like a little ego boost that he then rode to the red carpet, <laughs> where we were taking some pictures on the red carpet, oh and we line up to go take pictures as a group, the whole group. There's five of <laughs> us. And the photographer, because we're all, you know, just like Chihuahua was talking and like we're all ADD and we're looking around. The photographer goes to raise his hands like over here, guys, which they do at every red carpet, right? Like you walk and they raise their hands so that you know that you need to be looking at him. There's cameras all over. So it's like, <laughs> So he raises his hand, like, look at me, guys. And Gary does what, Gary? Gary (laughs) waves at him. Hey. I
1: thought thought he was saying saying what's up. And I was like, my man. Nah, he was just trying to. He thought he was
0: an adoring fan waving at him. And it was just the photographer that was like, dude, I'm just saying, look at
1: this (laughs) lens, bruh. Well, we haven't confirmed or we haven't confirmed or not if he was a big fan or no, a viewer of the no. maybe he was saying what's really good. Gary, I see you, my boy. Uh, let me get this flick real quick. And hey, man, I got you, too.
0: <laughs> Gary was I don't know if Gary in his like I had imagined in his dreams like this was his red carpet moment. But it was definitely a big like Hollywood sort of like like where you pretend to wave. A couple <laughs> so they have that good picture, you know, where it's like, hey, you know, I was in a parade.
1: I was, I was in a parade. I was like, yo, get me real quick. Hit this off guard. Uh, we recreated it.
0: Yeah, you can see the picture. So go on YouTube so you can see the picture. It was so embarrassing. I we're all chill out. It (laughs) wasn't we're all it's well, you're right. From the from the makers of the the grandfather of EDM, you're right. It was not comparatively that embarrassing. But it just was so funny because it just it's like that cringy moment when you're like, Oh, did you ask for oh, you didn't want an autograph? I'm so sorry, never mind. It's like the cringy, like you Mm -hmm. thought you were just like greeting a fan, but he was just a dude and he
1: didn't care when when the ticketing agent scans you in and it says have a good flight and you tell him you too and then you're like well god nope just keep going just i do it every going.
0: day to security at espn they'll be like just have a great going. show i'm like you too <laughs> <laughs> do your thing ah oh. but nonetheless it was great hanging with you and parting with you you're going out to vegas which is why we are doing this podcast not in the studio but from our home studio as well. That's right. My home studio and your closet?
1: My storage room. Oh, maybe you see Emmy Watson over my left shoulder here?
0: Oh, I couldn't tell because it just sort of looks like a garage.
1: (laughs) So, Well, well, it's actually an industrial shelf. Oh, great. Industrial inspired. I love it. Yeah, that's right. At the
0: very least, we're going to get you a little mood lighting for your Emmy so that it can shine.
1: Well, what about this mood lighting? Ready?
0: No.
1: oh yeah that's okay. right that's all right, right.
0: for those of you that aren't watching he's just doing like a strobe light thing on his face so
1: <laughs> he's turned himself
0: from yellow to green to a weird shade of brown so whatever
1: Elle, i gotta go i gotta pack i'm going all to right. vegas so i'll be talking to you thursday from okay. vegas
0: can't wait find better lighting see you all then